This is the end, beautiful friend. This is Locked on Baylor. You are Locked on Baylor, your daily podcast on the Baylor Bears, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another episode of Locked On Bay. We're brought to you today by Prize Picks. Thank you for making it your first listen today and every day. I am your host, Cam Stewart from ESPN Central Texas. Every weekday, 12 to 2 on the Drake Toll Show, you can hear me mostly complaining about the Baylor Bears, but also some of your other favorite sports teams here in the Central Texas area. And once again, it's a losing week for yours, mine, our Baylor Bears. Not a great week for the home team. Homecoming weekend, absolutely downpoured on and the bears lose another football game three and five two losses away from officially being knocked out of a bowl game but if you ask me that has already happened even with the eh, just okay schedule they have ahead of them and one of the main reasons why is my first topic today this team hates playing at home <laughs> they do not like playing at mclean stadium homecoming pff, why would i <laughs> Why would we want to be there? They have not beaten FBS team at home all year. Uh, the year of the eight home games, the thing that was going to be not so much the saving grace of this season, but the thing that kind of elevated Baylor from last year to this year was going to be, hey, we got eight home games. We've got some of our toughest games, but they're at home. Because in the past, that's been a fortress for Baylor. It was what, nine games into their third season at McLean that they finally lost a game at home in 2015 against OU on that college game day. So, I, I don't know, do the math there. They won like 15, 16 straight to open at McLean. 2021, obviously the great season. Didn't lose a single home game. 2019, uh, a Sugar Bowl appearance. They only lost one home game all year. That was one of the things that Baylor could do, protect their home turf because that's what good college football programs do good college football teams do and that's what we used to be here at Baylor and the first first things first you win at home a and b you don't get embarrassed at home Baylor did not accomplish either of those things against Iowa State uh, they didn't accomplish it against Texas Tech either one of those things they didn't accomplish either one of those things against Texas. They didn't accomplish either of those things against Texas State. Utah, they didn't get embarrassed, but they blew it and they lost. Why can this team win at home? Why do they hate it? They're 2-0 on the road, and we see the footage from the road wins and how excited these guys are for each other and how, you know, how jacked they get in the locker room, how they're motivating one another, how the coaches are motivating them. It's just such a different vibe for this team on the road. They don't they don't break like they do at home seemingly in the first quarter, but sometimes they delay the inevitable a little bit. Why can this team not win at home? That is such the opposite of what you expect from 19, 20, 21 year old kids. I know it's not the and Baylor was never a cauldron, but it wasn't even the home field advantage it used to be um, when I was in school even when the team was good or not. It, it, it's not as good an atmosphere as it used to be back then, but still, you're playing at home. You're spending the night in your own bed the night before. You're, you're spending the night that night in your bed. You know, you're you're not doing the road trip. You're not skipping out of class to go on, on the planes. It, 
I just don't get it. And I think a lot of you are wondering the same thing. And that's why both Drake Dabney and Dave Aranda got asked this question after Saturday's loss. And this is what they had to say about it. With it being homecoming, or probably some alums that maybe hadn't seen y'all all year. Um, and yeah, it's kind of the same song at home. I mean, uh, one and five now. Um, do you feel like Baylor fans deserve better? I do. Yeah, I do. You know, we, we talked um, about playing at home and the things that are holding us back and ways to uh, improve. And I thought the sideline, there's a lot of energy on our sideline. And, you know, I think it's hard to have energy when you're not winning. Um, and then you haven't won. And you're, you haven't won and you're not winning and then you still have an energy. That's, that's a tough chore, and especially when you're not playing. And, you know, I came to Nick Sullivan and they're asking me for this just being honest about it. Um, but I thought we were able to have it, you know. And so I think there's, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a frustrating thing because I think when you go on the road, I think it's very, it's very clear that it's only us versus all of them. And so we wanted to really kind of capture that here at home and have that feeling. And we talked a lot about that throughout the week. We had some former players come and talk to us just about how important it is to play at home and, your alumni and they're going to be watching very, very much kind of addressing your question. And so, um, yeah, it's frustrating to not accomplish it and still work to be done. Um, you know, I think, I don't know, that was a big emphasis for us this week. Just, um, you know, when you're on the road, you kind of, you're kind of a little more on the edge and um, feel like it's kind of you versus the world. So we're, this week, we're just trying to just create that same, that same feeling that just basically not getting too comfortable at home and going out there still like like we've got something to prove and just really trying to play for each other and you know it's still a work in progress and didn't go the way we wanted today but we're going to keep working at it so it kind of makes sense i mean that's the answer you expected but but why why can't they do this and it leads me to my point that i've been thinking about since the the end of the game saturday when i first posed this question in the in the uh, in the post game show of why can't they win at home and the thing that I'm legitimately thinking now is we need do we need to be more negative in the stadium like do we need to create a hostile crowd for these guys you hear about it they're saying it, it needs to be us against the world why why can't you do it when you have a stadium supporting you and clearly it's not enough that you know this game notwithstanding but a lot of our home games at this point, are, are half and half with a great crowd against Texas, but sure, a lot of burnt orange there, a lot of red there for Texas Tech, a lot of red there for Utah. So it's not like you're playing in one of the great supportive home field advantages anyway. Do we, the people that are at the games, do we need to be more vitriolic? Do we need to be less supportive? Do we need to be booing? I, I, I don't understand. Like, Do we need to create a hostile environment for our own home team? to perform and he says in there you know we we just we got to start better really ha! no way i hadn't thought of that hadn't done that all year but it's great because they're saying it they're saying they need to do it they say it after every home game that hey we need to start better it's all great until it doesn't freaking work time after time after time what what has changed? There has to be something changing in the preparation. 
There has to be something changing in the buildup. Starts with the coaches, but for the players too. I mean, there has to be something different. You clearly know what it takes to come out with your head on fire in a football game. Clearly, you know what that takes. You did it on the road against Cincinnati. You did it in the second half, kind of, against UCF. You know, you didn't start the game that way, obviously. But you know what it takes. You know the kind of attitude it takes, the mentality it takes, the speed in which it takes, if you will. And you still can't do it. Eight games into the season, and they still haven't figured things out. Not not even not even the big picture stuff. They haven't figured out how to like take a lead in the in a football game. How to come out and look like you actually came prepared to play that day. They can't figure out how to win in front of their own home crowd. What are we as fans supposed to do? Because as much as the game day atmosphere sucks and, and we talked about it all year long, I mean, people are showing up. For, for what this team is giving you, people are showing up. And of course, homecoming this weekend helped. The second half, there, there, there was an exodus. We were losing. It was downpouring. I can't even really blame them for that. But they are there. Look back at the beginning of that Texas game. We were there. We were there. Tech, we were there. Beginning of this game, we were there. And that's not enough. It's not enough for these guys. And I just don't know what is going forward. And you got to wonder about what these guys have to play for. Obviously, there is still a chance to go to a bowl game, but that is fleeting by the day, if not already gone. So what does the rest of this season look like? Well, we'll have more on that after this. First, I got to talk about our first sponsor of the day, and that is Athletic Brewing Company, because what they're doing is they are changing the game. So what they are looking for is our game changer of the week. And it's got to be Dawson Pendergrass for me. Again, two-time winner of this. Um, not a ton to choose from <laughs> in terms of game changers in this game for Baylor, anyway, uh, on a positive side. But Dawson Pendergrass once again shows us the flashes. Uh, he is your leading rusher on the day with only 37 yards. So that's embarrassing enough on the team. Um, but he he's out there only eight carries. You know, he's getting limited touches. He's making the most of them. In those eight touches, he had two touchdowns. And he averaged almost five yards a carry. The kid is the one out there that we can see tangibly that when he touches the ball, he's got some fight. We believe in him. He's, he's barreling over guys. He's using his second effort to get in the end zone. Once again, looking very promising from the true freshman. He is our game changer of the week, just like Athletic Brewing Company is changing the game in non-alcoholic beers. I tell you, I had a Halloween party this weekend at my house and after the after the Baylor game, and I come in the next day, I record here. I'm feeling fine. You know why? Because I drank Athletic Brewing, so I didn't have the hangover. That's my favorite part about it. They make non-alcoholic beers that actually taste good. They're great tasting, they're award-winning, and they beat out full-strength beers in global competitions. They brew over 50 styles of craft, non-alcoholic beer, including IPAs, Goldens, Sours, and more. So anything you're looking for in your beer department, they've got it. And they're constantly releasing limited edition experimental styles to add that variety. You can use them at all times, man. 
pregame, postgame, postgame parties, anything, even out at date night or movie night or with the in-laws. And so you don't say anything too stupid, you're going to go with the best non-alcoholic beer in the game. No hangovers ever. And you can find Athletic Brewing Company's non-alcoholic brews at a store near you or buy online at athleticbrewing.com. And if you do that, first-time customers can use code Locked On to get 15% off your first online order. That's code Locked On at checkout, all one word, for 15% off at athleticbrewing.com. Near beer, exclusions and conditions do apply. Athletic Brewing Company, fit for all times. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle, level it up to peak performance, and so much more. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not burning cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the Heisman Trophy winner and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions to apply, and eBay's guaranteed fit only available to our great customers in the U.S. of A. So four games left. Baylor can go three and one and still make a bowl game. You'd probably be playing in your arch-rival stadium again. Hopefully, I mean, maybe even up to the Pinstripe Bowl or to Fenway for people like me, Yankees who go home for Christmas. That would be fantastic. I'm just not, I'm not too sold on it, to be honest with you. Houston at home next week. In terms of the of the team on the field, the Houston Cougars, toss up. You just don't know what you're getting. You could have got what you got two weeks ago with the team that almost beat Texas, or you could get the team that got curb stomped by Kansas State. Either way, you know what the problem is? The game's at home. The game is at home. I would rather see Baylor play a team on Mars than play them at McLean Stadium right now. Doesn't work. So I can't be too confident in that game. Then after that, at Kansas State. They're back in the rankings, by the way. You saw how they played against Houston, and they've been on a pretty good run here the last few weeks. You want to play that team on the road? Didn't think so. That's a loss. Then you play at TCU. Toss-up. That's the biggest toss-up right now. TCU also stinks. And they'll be battling for bowl eligibility as well. But that's a team that hasn't played very well at home. And you're a team that actually plays all right on the road. Who knows? If you haven't been totally beaten down mentally and emotionally by Kansas State the week before, that could be a victory for the Baylor Bears. I know, shocking. I would love it. I would love it. That would salvage the season for me to beat TCU on the road because they never do that. Since 61-58, they have beat TCU one time. And it took absolutely everything from a very good Baylor team and a very mid-to-bad TCU team. Then you play West Virginia at home. And again, in terms of the team of West Virginia, 
You don't know what they're going to be like in a month from now. No idea. No one in this conference do you know what they're going to be like a month from now. But you're playing them at home. That's all I got to say. That's all I got to say at this point. So what does this team have to play for? Because it looked lifeless again. It's something we've hit on all year long. We said it. Uh, and in the post game show, Mo Porter and some of the other, some other former players, Chris Platt was another one talking about uh, Jay Lee, another one talking about how just dead the sideline is during a game when you're actually making big plays and you're trying to get back in this thing, and and no one can be ours to celebrate. So what it what what are these guys playing for? And it's something that Dave addressed after the game, both. Both my guy, Matt Mosley, and, and David Smoke is the one who's asked in, in the cut that I'm about to play for you guys, asked, you know, what, what is the buy-in level at this point? What, what, what do these guys have to play for? I'll let Dave, David say this, the question here, and I'll let Daddy Dave, head coach Dave Aranda, give his answer. Dave, uh, kind of a couple of questions ago about checking out or whatever. I mean, the losses are mounting. Is it already a problem, or do you feel like it will be a problem in this day and age of the transfer portal that you have to make sure you are involved heavily with players who might be getting contacted? Appreciate that. Yeah, I have to, you know, I have to imagine that I think it would be foolish to me to imagine that that's probably not happening. And so I would think that it is. And, um, you know, there's, there's discussions that I will have and have had regarding that. Um, and, you know, I, when I've had those discussions, it's been, it's, um, you know, when, um, I guess a good pause this and just when we're talking welcome, you know, the hardest thing about all of this is that the team is so tight and that it's, uh, guys are trying to play for each other and they're letting each other down. And, um, it's that, you know, I hurt more for, for him than for him. And I do for me, you know, and it's like that's the that's the hardest part about all of it. Normally, when you lose and there's there's something that's um, you know whether it's it's relational or, or you know functional or something you can really point to and say this or that, and um, whether that's the full, it's never really the full story, but you can kind of um, put the issues on the shoulders of that. And it really isn't that here. And so, you know, guys really kind of take it personally because they feel they let each other down. And so I get that feedback when I bring up the transfer portal. But I think it's important to have those discussions because uh, I think what you're alluding to is, I think, is very real. And uh, it's an issue that we have to intentionally address. I mean, you got to give the guy credit. At least he's honest. <laughs> it is a discussion he's got to have. This is, this is the problem inverted commas or quotations there. Um, the problem of the new transfer portal era of, of college football. And it's a double-edged sword for a school like Baylor because as I've mentioned a few times on, on this podcast over the last few weeks, Baylor should be a good spot, good landing spot for talented high school players um, who aren't getting the playing time they, they want at some of the blue blood top-tier programs. Baylor should be uh, a great fit for a lot of these guys. So that's 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 the plus side. And look, Dave and, and Baylor have not capitalized on that yet. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying they've gotten those guys yet. That That is a positive for, for the future and maybe another head coach who comes in, that that should be a good spot to, to bring in 
kind of kind of bounce back guys the way we see it at last chance you um for guys who aren't completely flunking out of college they should be seeing a school like Baylor and a program like Baylor that's puts puts guys in the pros that can compete for conference championships and BCS bowls that should be a place that should be a natural fit for these guys now the downside for a school like Baylor is on a bad year like this you're not only recruiting for the future, you're recruiting for the present. You're recruiting to keep your roster intact. It's why I'm terrified that Blake Shapin, that Dawson Pendergrass, that uh, Richard Reese even, who hasn't had the best season, that Monterey Baldwin might not be on this team next year. Some of those young, talented defensive backs might not be on this team next year because they are going to be getting looks. They are going to be getting calls from coaches. And I'm wondering what is going to keep them here at this point especially if there is a coaching change at the end of the season. Maybe, maybe they don't gel with that guy, and, and we're looking at you know half the roster leaving and barring some Deion Sanders miracle that gets Colorado to 6-6, six and six, we could be looking at another dismal season next year. So at least he's honest about it, that he's going to beg and plead, I'm sure, to keep players on the team here, but... I just don't see what keeps you around right now. Now, the, the good thing is, hearing from these guys, there is a love for Baylor and for each other. Has it turned into the best effort? No. Has it turned into wins? Of course not. But there seems to be a, a genuine connection there with Baylor. You you, you hear them in the, in the postgame pressers. I, I put Drake Dabney's in there earlier. They're not making excuses, which shows they're good, mature young men. Um, they're just not translating into wins yet. So how are they going to keep these guys? I don't know. But that is something you need to think about more so than just winning games down the stretch here is how do you keep the culture intact? Because at one point, this was a very good culture under Dave Aranda. How do you keep that intact? How do you bring the fire back? How do you bring the wins back? But how do you keep the good things intact? And how do you keep the good players on your roster? We'll see. But honestly, as we're going to get into in the next segment, they might be doing that for a different head coach next year. Today's show is also brought to you by Prize Picks, America's number one independently owned, largest independently owned, and America's number one daily fantasy sports platform. Okay. It's my favorite one to do because it's so, so easy. It's the most fun I've ever had. Winning money, because I actually win money and do it on prize picks. But it's so easy. Quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, an enormous selection of players and stat types are what makes prize picks that number one daily fantasy sports app. And they they make it easy, too, and not just how quickly you could do it, but the kind of stats you're looking for. I mean, Dak Prescott, two-plus touchdowns yesterday, easy. He had four Things like that. You're you're automatically winning money, and then you're winning even more. My favorite part about it is their reboot policy. So your entries will stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. So in those NFL games, if you have a player who exits the game in the first half and doesn't return in the second, that player is rebooted. Prize Picks is the only, the only daily fantasy sports platform with that injury insurance. That's, I mean, I don't know what else you need to hear. That's what makes it the best. It's easy, and it's actually giving you some insurance. Not many things in your life do that. And I'll even make it a, a better offer for you. If you go to prizepicks.com slash college and you use the code college, 
you get a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com slash locked on college. And then use the code locked on college. First deposit match up to $100. Prize picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. So I know this isn't a new question. I know I'm not the only one talking about it. I know most of you who listen or watch or comment <laughs> or follow on social media, most of you have made up your mind on this. Is this is this the last month of the Dave Aranda tenure in and Waco and at Baylor? I gotta lean towards yes at this point. I gotta lean towards yes. And I am a sucker. Every time I watch the post-game pressers, I feel for him a little bit. You know, I don't give him a free pass. Of course not. The, the results are what the results are. Um, and there are some players, um, notably RG3 this weekend, uh, who do want Dave to stick around. And that he's not the only one. I've heard it from some of those Bryles guys too. I'll bring up Chris Platt again. Uh, Jay Lee again, who said it on this program before the Texas game that he does like what Dave Aranda has done with the program and the way he leads the program. But clearly it is, it's not enough. They also really like the W's uh, on the on the box score. And Baylor just does not have that this year. They didn't have it last year. They didn't have it in Dave's first year. So he's brought his guys in, in the coaching staff and in the locker room. Um, he has built his culture here um, for better or for worse. The the athletic director has brought it, bought into that culture. The university president has bought into that culture. University in general has bought into that culture. And after the 2021 season, it looked like a slam dunk. Can't blame them there, but it's not working. It's not working. Two and seven year one, free pass, COVID, fine. Best season in Baylor history. And then six and seven with a four-game losing streak to end the year. And what is really looking like a four and eight year for the Bears this season it's it's just unacceptable, man. I, I often think that Baylor football fans do have maybe too high expectations for what this football program should be, you know, in toto, year in, year out. Um, but to say that you're embarrassed about the way this team has digressed, this program has digressed over the last two years, to say you're embarrassed about the product on the field, week in, week out, especially in a conference that's this chaotic, that's not an overstatement. That's not stepping over a line. That's that's the way I feel. I think that's how we all feel. No one can sit there with a straight face and say that we're proud of this Baylor football season. And even the staunchest Dave Aranda defenders cannot say he's done a good job this year. Because it feels like I am one of the staunchest defenders left. But it's it's not there. I mean, look, I wanted this to work more than anything. He, I think he's a really great football mind still. Um, I think he's a great guy and a genuine guy, which is just not something you get in, in college football anymore. You know, a genuine guy, whether they're great or not. <laughs> you know, Nick Saban, I don't know that fans are saying how great a guy he is. He might be outside the locker room, sure, but he's genuine. He's not going to sugarcoat it for you. And... We've heard it from the Matt Rule players all the time. That's exactly what he did. What you saw was not exactly what you got. But Dave has been genuine. He's been really nice. Uh, 
And I wanted this type of program to work, especially at Baylor. And it might well work somewhere else, but it's not working right here. It's not working right now. And the big question for me is whether Baylor can afford that buyout. You know, um, clearly there is an investment in, in Coach Aranda, um, again, from the university president office, from Mac Rhodes' office, but you can hear Mac is, is frustrated. I know he was getting calls at the beginning of the season saying, where the heck is my NIL money going? Because it sure as heck ain't going to the product on the field. And obviously a few weeks ago, he talked in Dave's office about how they need to make changes. I just, if the money is there for Baylor to do it, it's be able to hire another coach. I just can't see how he's here next year. And so as this goes on, I'd love to hear from you guys. I'd love to talk through some of the people that you would target as the next head coach. Um, the first name that comes to mind for me, and I've said this before, is Jeff Trailer at UTSA. Obviously, he's done a terrific job there. I think he's done about all he can at UTSA. And he turned down tech a few years ago. It, it's not going to be a slam dunk to get him to come in and, and coach at Baylor, but obviously it still is a step up to be at Baylor and to be in the Big 12. Um the guy whose name's escaping me right now at Marshall, uh, fairly young guys in his 40s. Um, they've had a they've had a real nice resurgence in the last two, three seasons. Um, and I think this is his third season there. GJ Kenny is an interesting one down at Texas State. It it looked like it was going to be a real good season for them when they came into Waco and beat Baylor. It's it's tailed off a little bit, but he he was a hot name as a head coach um coming into this season at the group of five level. So um, that would, he obviously has a ton of Baylor ties, but we'll see about that one guy who's in, I think only his first year, maybe his second year at FAU, a Mac Rhodes guy, Tom Herman, ponder that one in your mind a little bit. Tom Herman is not a bad football coach. Okay. National championship offensive coordinator at Ohio state, uh, brought Houston to a BCS bowl. Mid at Texas <laughs> and is starting to build again at FAU. If you don't have all the boosters in his office week after week after week telling him how to run the football team like they do at the University of Texas, that could be a great hire. And I do trust Mac, actually. I, I think a lot has fallen on him. Um, you got some success out of Dave Aranda, you know. I, I think they, the baseball team program is going to turn around the next few years under Mitch Thompson. I think in terms of what you could get in, from women's basketball coaches, you were never going to have someone that eclipsed Kim Mulkey. She's one of the five best women's basketball coaches in the history of the sport. You got a pretty good one in Nikki Collin. A pretty good one. And again, I mentioned this about a month ago with Mac. He kept Scott Drew here which isn't as easy as it sounds for a guy who was there that, that long with the high-profile jobs that have opened up in the last few years that has coincided with Baylor's rise in men's basketball, Mac has kept Scott Drew here. So I say that to say I trust, I trust him to make this move. Matt Rule, for as much criticism as we give now, was the right move. Dave Aranda was the right move. I don't hear the Joey McGuire people this much anymore the last few weeks. It was the right move. It's hindsight's 2020. I know, you know, who else were you looking at? The guys were Joey and Dave Aranda. 
So you made the right call. At best, it's a wash. So I trust him to make that next hire. Let me know what you think. We're going to talk a little bit more about this this week. Um, potential, well, obviously previewing the UH game, but also what this could look like at the end of the season. Because this this felt like kind of the final nail. It, 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 it Saturday's loss, I mean, it, it wasn't a heartbreaker, you know, because it was the same old, it was the same old crap, same old song and dance. You heard it in, in the first segment. It, it's just the same old crap. Defense can't stop the run. They fall behind. They hate playing at home. There's no energy on the sideline. I'm getting sick of talking about it. But amazingly, it is still amazing. So let me know what you think. We'll be back tomorrow with another episode. This has been, always will be. I thank you for making it your first listen today and every day. I really do appreciate you guys. There's some real supportive comments in there sometimes. I don't read them very often in general, but you guys are great. So love you. Thank you so much for stopping in. Locked on Baylor.